in this fifth session on Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, we're going to talk about God's choosing us in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then here's one of the first ones. Even as he chose us in him. This is one of the great blessings. And I said last time that there are three different ways to look at this that people have chosen over the years. One is to say he only chose Christ. He didn't choose individuals. So I want to address that, and then we'll turn to the other two. What kind of evidences are there that you should consider that that is not a correct interpretation? God actually did choose individuals, not just Christ and those who happen to be in him without any reference to the individuals and who they are. So, Father, I pray that you would clarify this for us because this should cause us to worship very profoundly, depending on how we understand your election, and cause us to tremble that we have been chosen and not others, owing to nothing in ourselves, and cause us to be tremendously confident with all humility as we minister. So come, show us the truth, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me give you some pointers. We'll do it really quickly, and you can slow down and think about it on your own. First, some immediate contextual clues, and then we'll go outside of this text. God chose us. It says he chose us. It doesn't say he chose Christ. So the wording stands against that interpretation. It doesn't say he chose Christ and us in him. He chose us in relation to him, in him. And when it says here, he predestined us, it's us again. He didn't predestine Christ for adoption. He didn't just adopt Christ as his son. He predestined us for adoption through Christ. And that's the idea here. He chose us through and in Christ. Christ is what makes this possible, but he chose us. So that's my first pointer from the immediate context. The wording itself simply says he chose us. Then let's go and see whether there's any indication in Paul for individual election, not just corporate election, because he chose Christ. Consider your calling. This is 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So, brothers, consider your calling, because behind this calling there is a divine election. And the fact that you, brothers, some of you are foolish, were foolish, some of you were weak. Some of you were despised. 
And all of that is illustrating God's choosing particular kinds of people. And he does it without any reference to our expectations. He goes against our expectations. So these are individual people being selected out of the wise and the strong and the high-born. And then add this, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. So we are chosen to be in Christ, chosen individually to be in Christ, chosen individually to be in Christ, so that it doesn't work back here in three, one, three, and six uh, of uh, Ephesians to say that he chose him, and then somehow we got into him so that the only thing that's elect is a corporate body of people without any names on them. No, that's not the way it works. He chose particular foolish individuals, and he chose particular weak individuals, and he chose particular despised individuals, and because of him, they are in Christ Jesus. Or consider Romans. Paul says, I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ because of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So Paul is indicating here that he is brokenhearted because the Jews are accursed and cut off from Christ. Many Jews are. They are unbelieving, they have stiff-armed the Messiah, and they are accursed and cut off from Christ. And Paul says, oh, that I could take their place. That's the issue. Salvation is the issue here. A lot of people say it's something else, but notice that. Now, he points out, but the lostness of some Jews does not mean, it's not as though the word of God has failed. God's promise to his people has not failed. Why not? This is the ground for why, even though some are perishing, the word of God has not failed. His covenant word to his chosen people has not failed because not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. In other words, there are, there are individuals in Israel that are not Israel. So this is not a corporate election of Israel. This is choosing people within Israel. Not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all who are children of Abraham, not all are children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. Some are, some aren't. This is individual choosing of God. And then he illustrates with Rebekah. When Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born, and had done nothing good or, or bad, she was told the older will serve the younger. So Esau is going to serve Jacob. An election has been made of Jacob, not Esau, who becomes the Edomites. Jacob was chosen. Why? In order that God's purpose of election might stand, might continue, not because of works. They had not yet been born, had done nothing good or bad, not because of works. And then it doesn't say, but because of faith. It says, but because of him who calls the calling one. So here's an individual election 
illustrating that not all those who are descended from Israel belong to Israel and not all who are offspring are the children of Abraham. And that's the answer to why the word of God has not failed, even though some Jews are lost and perishing. This is individual election. And then here's John. The gospel or the revelation of John, the beast, was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it, given to the beast over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. All who dwell on the earth will worship it. Almost all. No, not all. Everyone whose name has not. So this is who will worship the beast. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Particular names are written in the book of life of the Lamb because it's in Christ Jesus that they will be saved before the foundation of the world, these names were written there. So when you go back to Ephesians 1, 3 and 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we know that not only Paul, but also John saw individuals as being written in the book before the foundation of the world. And the name of the book is the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Let me show you one other, just real quick, cluster of texts from John. This is Jesus now. I have manifested your name. This is Jesus praying to his Father. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me. The people whom you gave me. Out of the world, that is, he selected them. Judas wasn't one of them. And others, he selected a people out of the world. Yours they were. That's election. They already belonged to you, and then you gave them to me. You brought them and gave them to me, and I have kept them. Or, here's John six thirty seven: All that the Father gives me will come to me. So why do they come? Because the Father gives them these particular individuals that he's chosen. That's why they come to Jesus. And whoever comes, I will no, no wise cast out. In John six forty four, why do they come? How can they come? No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. God does this for particular individuals, and they come to Christ. Some do not come. They do not believe. Why do they not believe? John ten twenty five. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. You don't belong to the Father. You, not, you are not among the elect. So I come back and I say, there are contextual indications here in Ephesians 1. There is a pointer in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. There's a pointer in Revelation 13, 7 and 8 
and there are the teachings of Jesus, all of them pointing to the fact that it's not true. It's just not true to say this text means God chose Christ, but not any particular people. He did choose particular people. He chose us. Now, the other view that I want to address is Well, yes, he did choose us, but he did it on the basis of foreseen faith so that he's not the decisive cause of who is in Christ. We are the decisive cause because we have ultimately self-determining free will, and it's our will, not God's will, that decides who is in Christ. We'll address that next time.